Welcome to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series, where some of our company's most innovative and engaging leaders share their thoughts about leadership, career development, our company, and industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Paula Angelo, and I lead the internal and CEO communications teams here at the Hartford. Our guest today is Jonathan Bennett, who leads the Hartford's group benefits team. Jonathan, it's great to have you here today. Hey, Paula, how are you? Just uh, very pleased to be with you and uh, looking forward to our conversation here today. Same here. And so we've got a lot of ground that we want to try to cover today. Let's just get right down to it. And I think a great place to start would be to hear a little bit about your professional journey, the path that brought you to your current position at the Hartford and, and all the steps along the way. So let's start out by talking a little bit about you know the very beginning. Um, when you were in school, did you think you'd spend your career in insurance? And if not, what work did you think you'd be doing? I suppose uh, growing up in Connecticut and uh, choosing to, to live here, I should have expected that I, there's a high likelihood that some form of insurance would be part of my career. But, but at the time, that was not the case. And um, my mom always used to say to me she didn't know any unemployed accountants. And so um, I was sure I was not going to be an accountant either. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, somewhere along the line, both of these things came together. I, I wound up in the accounting profession, uh, public accounting, and that led me through ultimately to uh, where I am today in the insurance profession. When you think about sort of, you know, launching your career, there's obviously, you know, your first job out of college and, you know, you're, um, everybody has that experience of really entering the real working world. But I like to think that we really dip our toes into the real working world with our very first job. So back before you were an accountant, um, maybe when you were in high school or, or even earlier than that, um, did you have a first job? And if so, tell us us about it and and what you learned that still applies today you know my first <clears throat> my very first paying job was um, in the sixth grade at Torring Ford Elementary School uh, in Torrington Connecticut where I grew up and um, at that time there was always uh, one person in the sixth grade that uh, got selected had the opportunity uh, to deliver milk uh, you know, twice a day, morning and afternoon, to the uh, kindergartners, uh, first and second graders. And, um, as a, you know, the, the payment for that was that you got free hot lunch all year long. And um, that was my first, you know, real job. Um, it, it taught me a lot about, um, you know, time management. I had to watch, I was on my own to watch the clock. Uh, I had to, you know, think about when I would step out of my own sixth grade classroom in a way that wouldn't disrupt uh, that group. Um, certainly my, my teacher knew that I was doing it, but I had to step out. I had to go on my own. I had to uh, organize myself, get the milk into different crates for every classroom based on how many students were in those. And then I had to make sure that I delivered the right crate to the right room and uh, on time. And that then I would go back and pick up the empties and uh, repeat that again in the afternoon. I can remember, you know, the, the woman who ran the cafeteria um, at one point, um, you know, remarked to, to my mom that um, I was the best milk delivery boy she had had in her entire career. And um, I just felt awesome uh, about that reinforcement and, uh, you know, about how she was pleased with my performance. 
and understanding how the feedback um, really made me feel. So I carry those things forward as well into my career today. So as you think about, you know, those early lessons around time management and process management and attention to detail and just, you know, self-motivation, independent work, um, how, how did those come online when you then got into your professional career? And um, who and what were the key contributors to your uh, professional advancement once your career got started? Well, I think everyone can appreciate that, um, you know, in, in our careers, you know, a lot of these skills around <clears throat> self-motivation, taking responsibility, even in your earliest roles, um, are, are very, very valuable. Um, clearly, you know, you, you always have supervisors or managers, especially in those early days that you look to for expertise and guidance and entirely appropriate, but they're also looking back um, at, at how well you then assume those accountabilities, how well you deliver results, the thinking that you bring, um, you know, to your work every day, uh, how self-sufficient you ultimately make yourself. That helps to pave the way and offer indications that you're ready for the next thing. And, um, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've often tried to, you know, act as if at some moments in time, act as if I were at the next level. If I have a question, it certainly is appropriate that I go and perhaps ask that question of my supervisor, a manager, somebody uh, more senior who can help me, but I like to think of it as testing yourself a little bit. Well, what if you were the person getting the question? What if somebody were coming to you? Would you be ready yet to offer that kind of guidance and uh, expertise? It helps you to understand, are you ready for the next level? Are you thinking on that next level basis? And was there a particular, you know, mentor or sponsor that really helped bring that into focus for you, or even somebody who helped you just envision the possibilities that um, you might explore as you move through your career? There, there was a, a project, an opportunity that I had many, many, many years ago uh, in support of a senior business leader, and you know, the project ended. And I kind of put an elastic around the file, threw it in the drawer, and thought that would be, you know, kind of the end of it. Go back to my role, and you know, it was a great project. Really enjoyed it. And um, as a result, though, of that work, he called me up and said, "Had hey, really like you to join my team, and here's an opportunity I have for you." And it was a risk for him. It was uh, a moment where he was banking on my capabilities broadly, as opposed to my specific expertise. And um, he felt like uh, I had demonstrated the kind of skills and aptitude necessary to gain the expertise and was willing to pull me onto his team. So it was just a, a, a really a very beneficial moment and I, I think pivotal to my career and one that I think about a lot in terms of how I lead and, and how I support other individuals. That's a great story and I think um, really illustrates the power of a single individual to have you know, such a consequential impact on somebody's career so eventually you made the move into leadership. Um, how long, um, how many years were you into your career before you became uh, a people manager? Well, you know, in, in public accounting, I guess, you know, we, we um, you know, you pretty quickly are supervising a, a couple of uh, associates underneath you on, on engagement. So, you know, kind of in small doses, probably pretty early on, but it really wasn't until I got to, um, you know, the Hartford and a couple of roles in here at the Hartford that I began to manage larger teams. 
um, you, you know, and, and there definitely is a, a trick and a difference to it. Um, you know, you learn a lot. I still learn a lot. You know, and I, I, you know, the employee survey is fresh on my mind from this year here in 2020, and I'm still learning a lot and um, and gaining a lot of feedback about managing teams and and blending teams together. So it it has been clearly a journey and one that I don't expect to find a destination to at any moment. I I think of it as an ongoing part of my development. I think that's a really important point. And I think, you know, it's interesting. You've held such a variety of roles across multiple functions and business lines here at the Hartford. Um, in fact, I think we were joking early on that um, some might describe uh, your approach as the Swiss Army knife um, method of professional development. Um, can you touch a little bit upon the ways that you've benefited from having that variety of experiences and the different perspectives that comes from career moves and, and maybe talk a little bit about how you view the importance of taking professional risks? Sure. It's, um, it's a big topic. Uh, there's just so much that we could explore in here. <clears throat> you know, it, 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 all of us have a, a different perspective on these things. I, I suppose I have been very open to um, you know making changes uh, throughout my career. It, it's interesting. I, as I described, I've worked at three different large organizations. The preponderance of my career, though, here at the Hartford. So, um, you know, of a of a 30 plus year career, it's over 20 of it here, and um, you know, but but lots of different roles, and um, part of that I think is an attitude towards I, I'm. I'm interested in new and different things, and um, have really seen, you know, moving as as we say laterally, as um, just an exciting way to kind of expand the different things I'm um, involved in, the knowledge that I've gained, uh, my opportunity to contribute in different ways and to learn different things, and you know, almost as a result of willingness to do that, I, I've also enjoyed a number of advancements. And so, um, you, you know, I think it's been a little bit of that openness and the mindset of, you know, I can bring skills that I have to many different areas. So it's been a very self-reinforcing model for me. And I often encourage people to be willing to try something new and, um, you know, don't be so focused on, you know, taking the next opportunity vertically if you feel like, you know, you can be working on something horizontal, that, that could be just as valuable. So it sounds like openness was a, a really big piece of how you approached opportunities and, and just sort of a willingness to uh, really take that chance. It definitely is. And, um, you, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, especially as I move between companies, those are big jumps and, and required a lot of thought and, you know, conviction is you know, that the, the opportunities would be better uh, as a result of that. Those are risks. You're getting into the unknown. Um, and, and that's fair, and I, and I think everybody will approach that in their own way. But, you know, kind of a, a willingness to do that and openness, as you say, to be doing that. And um, and I think that openness is, is something that, you know, especially in the earlier stages of your career, um, just really amazing opportunity to explore. And of course, uh, you know, when when you open yourself up to risk, um, sometimes, you know, 
you're going to find, or, or anybody who goes into uh, a professional situation where they're um, exploring the unknown, um, is going to experience a career setback. So when you think about professional setbacks that you might have experienced, you know, can you talk about a specific instance? You know, describe a little bit about the uh, setback that you experienced, and what did you take away from? from what you encountered? You know, there have been a couple of occasions in my career where I have taken what are essentially brand new positions that have been created in order to address, um, you know, some particular need across the enterprise. Mm -hmm. And every time you do that, what I have learned is that there are going to be constituents who recognize and value that and will support you. And and that is very, very critical to your success. There are going to be other other constituents who look at it as interference or usurping their accountability. These are all challenges of a human organism. And companies are human organisms just like any other entity you've ever been a part of. And, um, and so being prepared to, to handle those challenges, those conflicts potentially as they arise, being able to build coalitions uh, has been a huge and important takeaway for, for, for me from those kinds of um, instances. You, you have to be able to win people over and, and build those uh, bridges that help people to feel connected to your work. And a big key for me has been to show up um, and, and just to be positive, to find ways to contribute. You know, the company has reorganized a number of times since I've been here. Those kinds of changes are, I think, to some degree these days, inevitable because, as I said, markets change and needs change. And as a result, our organization, which is our biggest asset, is our people, our talent, uh, those need to be mobilized differently. And in so doing, you can find yourself with, uh, you know, shifting accountabilities. And at that moment in time, you can choose to either feel good about that or not feel good about it. And I've always tried, even in the face of those shifting accountabilities, to say, okay, well, this is where we are now. I see the objective, and I'm going to find a way to contribute positively. And in, in bringing my, my full capabilities to work every day and engaging thoughtfully and productively, um, I've been able to turn every one of those instances into something positive. I will point out that that's required that there be colleagues on the other side who are willing to receive me in that way. And I think I've been blessed here at the Hartford to have, throughout all these years, lots of colleagues um, who, who have been willing to say he's here to contribute and to add value, and I can see that happening. And so welcome to the team. So it sounds like investing the effort needed to bring people along and showing up ready to contribute every day would be two pieces of advice that you might give to people who are um, encountering some of those same challenges. Um, what's the best or most impactful piece of career advice that you've ever received? Um, I've really, I think, learned the most by watching the example, you know, set by other people. Um, but there is one thing that's resonated for me over the years, a, a comment that was made a number of years ago. I, I had mentioned, you know, early on in our conversation here today, you know, somebody here at the Hartford many, many years ago who, after a project, you know, took hold of me and offered me a new opportunity and really 
set me off in a very positive direction. And um, I know that at one point he was involved in helping the company make some very difficult decisions and, and um, you know, was working hard to try to arrive at the best outcome possible. And, um, you know, I could see that it was putting him in tension at times with people he'd worked with for a long time and developed a very strong relationship. And I asked him how that was going. And, um, you know, and he, what he said to me essentially was um, he was confident that it would, it would all work out well because he uh, builds relationships with people at work uh, to help through those difficult times. And if you ever find yourself compromised in making the right decisions for the company in favor of a personal relationship you've built, then you know you've let it spill kind of the wrong way. You've, you've, let, it, you've let it cloud your judgment as a leader, and, and you would have to you know, think carefully about, um, about where you stand in that moment. And I think keeping that balance, understanding that personal relationships matter, but that they are here to help us make the right choice for our business, for our customers, and for the broader organization um, has stuck with me, you know, all the time, and, and to make sure that that that's why I'm building relationships in many ways. I think that's great advice. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more from Jonathan Bennett. Hey, Harvard employees, make sure to visit iConnect for all the latest news on business wins, well-being tips, benefits updates, upcoming company events, and more. And if you can't see it daily, be sure to read the iConnect Weekend Review every Friday morning. It'll get you caught up on what you missed. Now, back to The Lead, the Hartford's executive podcast series. Welcome back to our conversation with Jonathan Bennett, the head of group benefits at The Hartford. I want to switch gears now and talk a little bit about your current role, which is at the helm of group benefits. And... This is a role that you've been in since July of 2019. As you reflect on the past uh, nearly year and a half, what accomplishments really stand out? Well, you know, uh, the accomplishments are really those of the team. Uh, so just to be clear about that, you know, I stepped into an organization that's um, quite amazing, uh, a lot of terrific things going on, and a lot of big change. So, you know, you know, in the last 15 months or so, one of the big things um, – is that we've completed the integration of the Aetna Book of Business onto our platform and uh, onto you know our, our writing company, our, our contracts, and so forth. And that's just a huge undertaking. It began for the team back in 2017 when we consummated the deal, um, and it took that long. It's it's a big project. So just a, amazing to get to that milestone. And um, you know, and, and see that achieved. Um, I think that the team has done a phenomenal job in in advancing that. You know, I think some of the things that we've been working on since then that that I I think we're we're quite proud of and and have really had to deal with some adversity on um, is to really start advancing a number of capabilities crucial to our future success and and facilitating you know the world beyond that integration. You know, so there's been some important milestones in our digital. Um, roadmap, and, and I think the team has done an excellent job of delivering there on some employee-facing, so customer employee-facing capabilities and uh, things that we're proud of. And I think most of all, perhaps, let me just kind of seal it with this, which is, you know, 2020 has been an unbelievably challenging year, um, unforeseen in, in every imaginable way. And I think, 
you know, certainly we can say this, I think, about the whole Hartford, but within group benefits, the way people have rallied uh, to support our customers uh, who have their own selves gone through amazing changes and those have affected their benefit plans and our ability to pivot our organization to adapt to that. I, I just feel really proud of the team and, um, you know, kind of how they have responded to all of this. It, it just really speaks to their spirit uh, and their expertise. Let's talk a little bit more about that because, as you point out, 2020 has really created uh, a very, you know, once in a career opportunity to really look at what is top of mind for both employers and their employees regarding benefits. Your team has been doing just so much work in this space. What can you tell us about their future of benefits research? And in particular, what really jumped off the page for you when you first got a look at the data? Yeah, there was a very interesting moment for us here. We were fielding research back in, I think, February timeframe, just around people's attitudes towards their benefits. And um, then the pandemic hits, and the world changes quite suddenly, dramatically. And then we fielded uh, another round of that research, recognizing that we had straddled this very interesting moment in time. We fielded a, a second round of this research in the summer time frame, and we're able to compare the results. And you know what you start to see are some you know insights as to how people shifted their attitudes quite quickly and uh, both employers and employees. And I would say one of the things that quickly emerged, you know, of course people began to recognize how well prepared am I uh, for the uncertainties brought about by the pandemic. Um, you know, do I have the kind of, certainly the medical coverages and so forth, but do I have the flexibility for uh, family, you know, medical leave if I need it? Uh, if I had to take time off to care for, you know, an elderly family member or, um, you know, my children at home, for, for whatever reason, be it they've been uh, taken ill, you know, or quarantined, or just that their school is closed, and here I am, and I now need to worry about homeschooling. All of these things began to kick in. Life insurance, which sometimes is quite pedestrian for many people, and, and not something you're anxious to think about a lot, um, but it became a much more prominent concern. Do I have enough? Do I have access to the right kind? What is my choice here. So all of that began to factor uh, into the way employees began to look at their benefit package. And there was some skepticism as to whether their employers, and you could see that in the growing, in the data, that there's some growth in, in, a, in uncertainty and questioning, are their employers really bringing forward the kind of benefit packages that would be necessary for them? Um, employers, on the other hand, I think began to say, I, I think I need, we need to take on more accountability. And they too began to say, maybe we need to do more to educate, to help our employees better appreciate the benefit packages that we do offer. And maybe there are some added benefits that we need to bring to the table. So all of that, I think, points to a greater awareness, um, you know, a greater sense of need for what it is that we do in this marketplace. And I think, therefore, an exciting time for us to be in the trade. And it's interesting, you know, at the Hartford, we talk about the customer experience really being um, oriented around ease 
empathy and expertise. So when you think about those three dimensions, if we could just dig a little deeper on this, what does that best-in-class customer experience look like um, for you and, and for the customers and employees that uh, you and your team serve? Yeah, those are good categories for us to keep in mind. I think we have great expertise, and I think our people show great empathy and understanding. They, they really do. Um, you know, the ease part is something that we're constantly working at, and it's uh, a bit different whether you're talking about the, the customer as the employer or the customer as the employee. The employers have a lot of demands. They are in an increasingly complicated world. You know, I think about the Hartford as a great example. Right now, we've all experienced the launch of Workday. And um, as an example, you know, our, our platform between Workday and Fidelity Net Benefits, you know, we as a product provider within the Hartford as a customer are trying to always uh, figure out the right way to integrate electronically data, all the different things that we have to do to make those benefits uh, available at the point uh, of sale, but also to ensure that our HR professionals at the Hartford have access to the data and insights they need to best manage and uh, uh, the entire workforce understand, you know, who's in need and, and what those needs look like. You know, facilitating that is a massive technology and data under undertaking, and uh, that is one of our biggest challenges in the future. I think as a business is improving that consistently because once that data works. Once those connections work, so much downstream gets easier for both the customer as the employer, but in particular for the employees. So I want to talk a little bit about COVID-19 because it's been a, a really unique period during the pandemic for you and your team. Um, certainly you've spoken to the importance of really um, staying the course and even accelerating. Um, some of the efforts um, on the uh, digital capabilities front. But at the same time, you and your team have also had to deal with a very dynamic regulatory environment. At, at the same time, you know, you're sort of dealing with the issues of, you know, our own workforce and the challenges of working um, suddenly fully remote and, and dealing with some of the issues that the pandemic presented. So you just give us a little bit of a snapshot of what it's been like to lead your organization through a time where there were so many variables being impacted by the pandemic. It's been, uh, you know, quite a whirlwind. I, I, you know, it's changed probably a bit every, say, you know, two to three months. I think the, there's been a, a shift in kind of the focus and priorities and the things that we've needed to do. Um, <clears throat> but I, I just feel very fortunate, very blessed to have such a, an accomplished team uh, around me in group benefits and uh, in many ways, uh, you know, could sense the things that needed to be done, um, you know, organized around those is an example, we started out, um, you know, in the first part of the year, you know, right away there were questions about furloughs and layoffs from our clients and wondering, well, what does that do to our benefit package? Um, you know, do we, you know, continue to provide life and disability coverage to people who are no longer, as we say, actively at work? Those are underwriting questions. Those are regulatory questions. You know, there's contract questions about all of that. Um, you know, you know, so the team fielded just endless questions from brokers and customers about how all this could work, 
Um, we had to make decisions about what we would accept and not accept from a risk standpoint. We also had um, states and the federal government coming out with changes to, to laws and, and regulations, as did a number of our businesses at the Hartford, and, and so we all had to uh, adapt to those. But um, you know, we had to put in place um, you know a process to review and and kind of a, agree on how we would respond to those questions and what our policies would be and what changes we would have to make. Um, you know, so that's all part of the of the process that we went through. What a journey it sounds like it's been. I want to ask a, a talent-related question because, of course, talent is one of the foundational aspects of the Hartford's overall strategy and making sure our company is a destination for top talent. Obviously, diversity and inclusion is a big part of that. You're the sponsor of our Asian Pacific Professionals Network at the Hartford, um, which is one of our employee resource groups. Can you share your thoughts on um, why DNI is so important um, to achieving our talent goals? Well, I'm new to that role just recently and very excited about it. Um, you know, it's a great group, and I've had a chance to visit with some of the leaders uh, of that organization and uh, just am thrilled to be a part of it. And I think that, as with all of our employee resource groups and more broadly our, our DNI initiatives, um, it really is for us about building a culture uh, that, that really allows people to maximize their potential. Um, and really deliver their best capabilities to our organization every day. It helps us to build a, a great company. Uh, it has obvious extendable benefits um, in terms of the communities that we help to enrich um, you know, through, the, through the people that, that work with us and, and work for us. And I, I just think it, uh, it really adds a, a growth element to our organization. We're looking to, to have people on our teams, of course, that uh, as you, we've described already here today, you know, have expertise, have leadership acumen, um, and I think we have to nurture that at every at every corner of the organization, and that includes, uh, you know, looking at uh, people of color, looking at gender equity, uh, making sure that we're including all uh, of our associates in our organization to their fullest extent, and giving them every opportunity to grow and thrive. And so I see DNI is is really doing that, and, and when we do that, um, people engage. They bring their unique perspectives. They bring deep thought. They bring uh, an appetite for learning and exploration, and they also bring an intensity to their work. And um, you know that really helps to fuel our organization. So to me, there's a lot of self-reinforcing attributes about a great DNI culture. And, uh, and just excited to pursue it and, uh, you know, engage with people through every stage in their career and their development. Jonathan, this has just been such a terrific conversation, and we really want to thank you for um, spending so much time uh, today uh, sharing your journey. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a great opportunity to hear you look back and, and also talk about where you are now. A lot of people are really excited about leaving 2020 in the rearview mirror. As you look ahead to 2021, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, I know that there's still a road in front of us, and we're all going to have to work hard, you know, to make our way along and, and to get to that to that point. But 
I'm really excited about the vision of, of our organization. I think, you know, as you've identified here today, we, we're working on so many terrific things um, about our businesses and our customers uh, and about our associates. And uh, I think that, you know, it really should be a period of, uh, of great growth and, and transformation for us. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that journey and to being a part of the team and, uh, you know, anxious to see some of the familiar, uh, you know, things about going to work from time to time, about, you know, visiting with our brokers and customers, um, you know, more regularly. I'm anxious to see those come back just like everyone else. But uh, regardless of, of uh, whether those things come back quickly or a bit more slowly, you know, I, I think the mission of our organization remains constant. And uh, I, I just take a lot of pride in, in what everybody is doing and, and our ability to really shape uh, our company here together. And, and so I'm excited about that and, and looking forward to 2021. That's great. Jonathan, thank you again. And thanks to everybody for joining us. We look forward to future conversations with other leaders from across the Hartford. Thanks, Paula. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.